and kind of uh, we're going over them recently in my own life and some things that I was dealing with, and um, and it's it was a tremendous help. And I studied a little further and put some other things with it. Uh, and so I want to I want to share some things really just kind of from my heart and from God's word today um, that uh, will be hopefully be a help to you in some areas. Psalm 51, as we mentioned in the morning service, this psalm was written shortly after. Uh, David had committed uh, his sin with Bathsheba, had had Uriah the Hittite murdered, and uh, certainly was uh, in a place of brokenness. Uh, his heart was, uh, as we mentioned this morning, we could even use the term in mourning over his sin. He uh, was uh, was broken and uh, had a, had a, uh, a spirit that was uh, seeking for reconciliation with God and for God to forgive him for these things. I believe very strongly that the, the reason God put up with more with, from David than he did many other people is because God knew David's heart. And uh, I, I think that uh, there's not one of us here today that are perfect. Any of you here perfect? I better put my hand down too. I'm not either. Uh, we're not perfect. Um, God, doesn't, God knows that we're not going to be perfect because of our sin condition. What he does want is how many of you long to be perfect? That's what he's looking for. Someone that has a heart that says, I want to be right. And when we do wrong, that there's a brokenness about that. There's a humility about that. There's a, a regarding of our sin for what it is. And David certainly was the type of man who did this. And Psalm 51 is a psalm of David expressing this to the Lord. As we get down to uh, verse number, uh, let's go to verse number uh, 9, and we're going to read two verses. David says this, he says, Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. And then he makes this statement, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I want to speak a little bit this afternoon on the issue of a right spirit. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, once again, I ask that you would help just before we get into your word, guide and direct, I pray, for this vital truth that I believe is so necessary in the day we live. In each of our lives, Lord, I can't think of any person that this would not be applicable to. So I pray that you'd help us to lend an ear, to to incline our ear to it. And Lord, I know we've just had a large meal, and I know that we're relaxed, and it's, it's easy sometimes in the afternoon for our minds to drift. But may you help us this afternoon for a few moments to really focus our attention on the truth of your word. And may it be a help to us and encouragement to us along the way and instruction for us that we can hold on to and live by and apply to our lives. So help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. David uh, certainly knew what it was to have a spirit that from time to time would get out of line with what God intended. So much so that in verse 10, he makes this statement, Renew a right spirit within me. If David needed a right spirit to be renewed in him, then that means that the right spirit that he had had prior to this was gone. I believe it was gone because of the sin that he had committed. It was gone because there had been a disregard for the things of the Lord. And it's easy to get to this point, is it not? Uh, we, we oftentimes begin to let our, our guard down when we're on the mountaintop and things are going well. 
And David, as he got ready, uh, or as, as they, he built Israel to a, a, a pinnacle under his, under his leadership of success, decided to stay home from the battle one day and uh, take his ease and take his rest. And it was during that time of success and, and um, prosperity in Israel, everything was going well, the kingdom was doing well, that David committed his sin with Bathsheba and with Uriah the Hittite. And those are the times that we've got to be most on guard. I, I don't know how many times in my own life I felt like, boy, things are just going along great right now. And if they could just stay this way, everything would be fine. And lo and behold, usually within a, a day or two or a week or two of that, uh, it seems like the whole bottom drops out of everything. And there is a, a, an, a, an idea here that David uses with regard to sin in our lives. And the idea that there are times that we, in our, in our human flesh, in our moments of weakness, we let things go and we sin against God, and, and we lose that right spirit, that, that spirit of fellowship with the Lord. And so David talks uh, here in the psalm about the importance of renewing that when it happens. And by the way, any time it happens, it ought to be the first thing we think about. Lord, I've, I've failed you. I have driven a wedge between us. I've shared many times the illustration of even my own relationship with my dad. And some of you can relate to things like this in your life, where when you do wrong and you know you did wrong, uh, you don't want to see them, you don't want to be around them because you know you're getting ready to get in trouble. And there's a breaking of that fellowship, that, that joy in walking and, and being around those that love you the most. And David was at this point. He was broken. He talks later on in the chapter about uh, the, uh, the sacrifices that God does not desire. He didn't desire sacrifice. He desired a broken and a contrite heart. Someone that would come to him in humility and say, Lord, I want to renew this spirit again. I want to be back where I was. And so there's an importance of renewing the spirit. But I want to speak this afternoon on an issue. We, we had a, a number of uh, lessons about it not quite a year ago on revival. And I, I played some videos from Brother Scott Pauley, and we gave out a little book on revival praying. And his contention in his book, and I love the point that he makes, is that God's desire and God's will is not that we have revival from time to time, but that we live a revived life. And we just, we live in that state. We live in that spirit. Now, we understand and know that because of our flesh nature, the likelihood of that happening is probably not very high. But again, it ought to be the drive. It ought to be our desire. Lord, I want to live here. I don't want to be up and down. I don't want to be on the mountaintop one minute and then in the valley the next and uh, away from you and broken in fellowship and, and uh, having sinned against you and having to get those things right. I don't want to have to go through these things of going up and down. And so I want, to, I want to try to share a couple of things, hopefully that will be a help, on uh, ways that we can uh, keep, not renew, but keep a right spirit. Ways that we can keep a right spirit. Uh, probably one of the biggest, biggest uh, challenges uh, would be the best way, I guess, to word this, in the Christian life is staying motivated in our fervency for Christianity, in our fervency of our love for the Lord. Um, when you start loving Him a lot, you begin praising Him a lot. If there's not continued growth, then we become stagnant there. Have you ever noticed that? And the, how special that was at one time, it's not that special to us anymore. Uh, there needs to be that continued growth, that, that keeping of a right spirit in our hearts and in our minds. So I want to share a couple of things that, will, that are the reasons why 
uh, we are we are pulled away from the right spirit. Things that will cause us to drift from the right spirit that we can uh, guard against. And uh, then we'll look at what those things do to us to get us to drift away. And then we'll look at some things maybe that can help us to not drift from those things. I want to give you four things this afternoon that affect us. First of all, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter number 25. And uh, let's look in verse number 28. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. The Bible says this, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. It means we're unguarded. We're open to the enemy. The importance of keeping a right spirit, keeping it protected. Um, the Bible talks about the fact that we need to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And I think that there's, a, there's a tendency for Christians to become very apathetic in guarding our hearts. We allow some things to creep in. We allow, we allow the fervency that we once had of guarding our hearts to kind of wane a little bit. And we allow things that we used to didn't allow in our lives. And uh, these things begin to cost us uh, very much. So there's four things I've written down here, very practical things, that oftentimes will affect this right spirit that we have with the Lord. The first one is uh, our, our folks that do not like us, our enemies we could call them, I put, I put down, and when I wrote my notes, I used this word, our critics. People that are critical of us. Not for constructive reasons. They don't love us. They don't care for us. They look at us, and they, they, they are striving. They're keeping us under a magnifying glass, waiting for the moment that we stumble so they can throw a criticism at us that is a biting and a stinging criticism that is not meant to help us or to edify us, but it is meant literally to discourage us and to cause us to, to drift even further away from the Lord. Somebody wrote a, a little phrase years ago. I had, used to have a little plaque uh, in my office that had it on there. And uh, somebody, I don't remember who got it for me, but I was, I was a young uh, teenager. And um, later on in when I had it in my office, I had it right behind my chair and people would read it. And the statement was, people love it when perfection stumbles. And by that statement, what is meant is that people are often looking at you as a Christian. They're looking at your testimony. We talked about the testimony last week. And they are looking at the spirit that you and I have. And they are waiting for the moment that there's a hiccup in that. There's, there's something that's not right. We said the wrong thing, or we, we snapped, or we, we bit uh, quickly at something, and we, we reacted to something that we should not have reacted to. And they're quick to watch these things, and then to take that and be critical of us in, a, in an effort to try to discourage us. They, they don't like what we are. They don't agree with what we hold to. They are the enemies of Christ. And if, if they see a flaw, they're quick to pounce on that and to bring it to the forefront, and to shine the spotlight and the magnifying glass on it, if you will. So we've got to be careful. The foes that we have will cause us to drift from a right spirit. The second thing that can cause us to drift from a right spirit are friends that are not faithful as friends. Now, I am not talking about someone that will come and share the truth with you in love. But I'm talking about friends who are friends in name only and not friends in deed. These are folks that will go behind your back and they will talk about you to other people. Not again to help you, but to try to tear you down, to cause you to uh, have issues and to have problems. 
And you and I all know what we, we can all probably think of somebody in our life that has been that way toward us. Uh, friends can cause us to lose our right spirit. Number three, there can be family members, can there not, that can cost us of our right spirit. Family members that don't understand our commitment to Christ. Family members that don't understand why we do what we do as far as coming to church and reading our Bibles and trying to live in a way that is pleasing to what the Lord has given us in His Word to live by. And again, they become very critical of us. This is some of the more painful opponents that we have toward our right spirit. Those that would try to discourage us. Because the family are those that we hold most dear. And when those times come where they're critical of our, our living right and doing what the Lord wants us to do, there are times that we take stands as a family as by way of conviction or by way of standard that other family members don't understand. There are standards in my life. There are things in my life that uh, even, even my own close, immediate family do not understand that I have. I don't expect them to. But if I'm not careful, their criticism, their lack of understanding of those things will cause me to have a bitter spirit, will cause my spirit to suffer because of it. Uh, The fourth thing that can help, uh, that can draw our spirit away and cause us not to have a right spirit is the circumstances of life. The circumstances of life oftentimes will ruin our spirit. It may be something as simple as somebody pulling in front of you in, in the traffic. How quickly that can ruin our spirit. You know, it's hard to walk with the Lord when you're experiencing road rage. You ever notice that? Uh, someone that does something that you don't agree with. Uh, work doesn't go the way you expected it to go. Some big problem or issue of life, maybe the refrigerator goes out or the air conditioner or the, tur- uh, the transmission in your car or uh, something you weren't expecting and you get, you get upset over those things and your spirit turns sour and you begin to drift. You know, can I tell you, it's hard to walk with the Lord when those times come, isn't it? These things can affect us. Here's why. They can affect us because they shift our focus. Have you ever noticed that? Whether it be an enemy, whether it be a friend, whether it be a family member that is critical of us, or whether it be the circumstances of life. It, it causes us to shift our focus from the things of the Lord to that issue. And we're focusing on the wrong thing. We begin to get upset at that person, or we begin to get upset at that circumstance. And then it's amazing how, how quickly our hearts, are from our flesh nature, grab a hold of that thing and don't want to let it go. I mean, we just tear that thing up one side and down the other. I've known people... <laughs> that have kept a grudge for years. I'm glad I'm a man. I don't remember things that long. I just don't. I, I, somebody can do me wrong, and tomorrow... I, I've had people I've had people in this church call me and say, Pastor, I've got to apologize. I've been up all night. This has just bothered me, and I did this yesterday, and I'm sorry. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I don't even remember it. I'm thankful I've got that kind of memory. But isn't it amazing how easily we get a hold of a grudge? Somebody did something wrong to us. The circumstance of life wasn't what we expected. And it changes our focus. It changes our focus. 
And when it changes our focus, our spirit is, is crushed. Our spirit is changed. That, that sweet walk with God that we had is now a sour, bitter attitude. And we struggle with these things. In the Christian life, we become more of an up and down Christian because we're up on the mountaintop one minute and we're down in the valley the next. And I believe God intends for us to live at a place where we keep a right spirit. We keep our focus on the right thing. It changes what we can accomplish for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what a wrong spirit costs us. It shifts our focus from Christ to the problem. And because it shifts our focus, it then affects what we can accomplish for the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time, and you can mark this down without exception, every single time that we shift our focus, we do not fulfill the purpose that God gives us to do. We're looking at the wrong thing. Look with me, if you will, in Job chapter number 5. If anybody could speak authoritatively on a subject like this, I would think we'd have to be in agreement Job could do that, couldn't he? I mean, we, we can't look at the life of Job and not say he wasn't having problems. If anybody had a right in Scripture to have a wrong spirit, I think Job would certainly have a, a strong argument in that area. Look with me in Job chapter number 5. And we're going to look at verse number 7. Yet man is born unto trouble as sparks fly upward. I was talking to my kids yesterday, and uh, you do realize that we live in a sinful, imperfect world. And surprise, <laughs> problems are going to happen. don't know if you figured that out yet or not. And the quicker we can come to grips with that as a Christian, realize, you know what, they're going to happen. I'm not going to let it change my focus. Why is it when these, when these things happen, we act like we're surprised by it? I was listening to uh, a fellow um, talking a while back about saving money and trying to be careful of your finances and everything. And he's talking about uh, people who they don't have a little reserve or they don't have a little emergency fund. And uh, they drive a car and all of a sudden the transmission goes bad. And they're like, oh, I can't believe the transmission went bad. Well, it's a car. Guess what? Transmissions go bad. It's something you expect. So plan for it. And, and I use that illustration to say this. We know things are going to happen. Do we not? We know there's going to be criticism if we do what's right. Christ told us that. He said, they've hated me. They're going to hate you. There, there's going to come a time where people are going to be critical of you trying to do what is right. We need to understand that and not let it change our focus. The minute we let it change our focus, then we get back to a Psalm 51 situation where we need to say, Lord, renew my spirit. It's been broken. I've drifted away from you. I've gotten my heart away from you. I, I wish so much in my life that I could be so, more, so much more consistent in having a right spirit. I look at my life, and, and I know not everybody lives in my house, and they don't see my attitude and my heart all the time. But it's one of those things that is a daily struggle. I don't know about you, but for me it is a daily struggle. There's criticism that comes. There's problems that come. Not only problems I deal with, but problems people come to me with. And don't stop bringing them to me. I love helping. But 
the, the heart goes up and down. The spirit, it, it goes up and down. And one of the things I pray for often is, Lord, help me to keep my focus right. Help me to keep my focus right. There's only one thing that I'm trying to, to do in my life to be pleasing. And that is, I want to make sure that when I come before God, I am pleasing to Him and Him alone. I love our church family. I love you guys. And I hope that you're pleased. I do. But if you're not, my only concern is, have I pleased God? And that needs to be the spirit and the mindset of every Christian. Have I pleased God? Criticism is going to come and go. Some of it constructive. Some of it to tear us down. Circumstances. It's an imperfect world. They are going to happen. When you least expect it, you're going to get COVID. When you least expect it, the refrigerator is going to break down. When you least expect it, your kids are going to come and tell you some harebrained thing they've gotten themselves into that you've got to try as a parent to help them with. It's going to happen. Friends that you thought were dear friends. There's going to come times where they're not going to be faithful friends. Lord, help us to keep the right focus. I don't want my spirit to be up and down. I don't want it to be broken one day. I don't want to be from the mountaintop to the valley and back and forth. I want to live a revived life. I want to live a life where my spirit doesn't need to be renewed. It just needs to be maintained. I want that spirit to be kept in my heart. We need to keep a right focus. And I would say this, something just practically to help us. Stay dedicated to this book. The minute we begin to neglect it, our focus begins to blur. You ever noticed? There are times in my life where I've gotten very busy in a day, and I've gotten to the end of my day and been like, I didn't even read my Bible today. And it's those days, days like it, that I feel like something's been missing here. Some things just didn't go right. The day just didn't feel right. We've got to make sure that if we're going to have a right focus, that we understand clearly what God gives us in His Word. Um, And I say that from a practical standpoint. The minute we began to drift from this book, the minute we began to not spend time reading it, studying it, learning it, our focus begins to blur. And when we do that, our spirit changes. So I want to, I want to try to encourage us. Let's keep a right spirit. It is a struggle. It's a daily struggle. For some people like me, sometimes it's an hourly struggle. But God can do it. He can help us to have a right spirit and to keep it. So I want to encourage us in this. Don't let these things affect us. We know what they are. Don't let them affect us. Keep a right focus. Stay glued to this book. Study it. Learn from it. And keep a right focus. Alright? Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. Father, we pray that you'll bless the time that we spent around your word. A simple message today. But Lord, the truth is, we don't often think about practical things like this that Until we get in the situation, we realize, Lord, I'm in a mess. I don't know how I got here.
Lord, there have been things even in the last few months that 